What's up? Welcome to the Football Buzz. I'm Sadie Frank, and it's officially draft day. It is currently 2.46 p.m. on April 29th, and I could be more excited, and it's in less than six hours, almost five hours, and I had to take a step back today and realize like how absolutely incredible this is because it's been two years since we've had a draft that feels somewhat normal again. And I don't think I've been more excited for, like, rec- that's a lie. That's a lie. When sports started back up again, I was really excited because we were deprived of it for so long. But, like, the, like this kind of media coverage, this kind of event, the hype for it, I, I hope it all lives up to to it. But I, I have, I don't, I don't remember the last time I was this excited over something when it comes to, like, the draft. And, and, and I just... I don't think I've ever been this excited for a draft before. Um, and I also, like, not just because of COVID and because we've been, like, deprived of all of this stuff forever, it feels like, but because, like, I had to tell myself today, like, this draft class, especially when you look at quarterbacks, like, it could it, it could kind of go two ways. I mean, it could land in the middle, I guess, but it could go these two ways. It could go down as, like, the best quarterback draft class in history or the worst with the most amount of busts because there are just so many quarterbacks that people are looking at. Like, it, it could go either of those ways, and it's just it's so fascinating to be on, like, the other end of it, like, before it all happens. Like, taking in what you think of the players and then, like, in three years seeing how all of these five top quarterbacks have, have panned out I, I couldn't be more excited okay um but today obviously a lot of draft talk today um so the first thing I want to talk about is the Niners who have been getting a lot of airtime in the ever since they made that trade uh, I think a few weeks ago Obviously, I mean, something to note that before we talk about this is that literally all of this could be speculation. All of it is speculation. Obviously, nothing's fact until tonight happens. And also something to note is that a lot of this could be, and most likely is, honestly, um, being programmed and run from the inside. Like, the Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, like, they don't let things get out super easily. So when... um, things do get out you get a little suspicious and then when things continue to come out and continue to come out and then soon become the talk of the entire league that's when you have or that's when I get the license that's when I get the license to be like yeah no this is valid like this is probably not true like I feel okay saying this these reports probably aren't all consistent and honestly when you think about it like all the all the draft talk all the speculation everything that's been happening up until this point it could all change within three seconds before they put the pick us in. Like, all of this could have just been, like, playing with us and trying to hide their... For all we know, they could draft Justin Fields tonight. I mean, I don't think that they will, but they could. You, you don't know these things, and so that's why, like, with teams and organizations that don't usually let things out, I always like to caution myself before I really take what's being given out seriously. With that... There are reports that they are down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance, so that's what we're going to go off of because that has been the most consistent report in the past few weeks. But something I do want to specify is that, like, this 49ers, them trading up and then obviously going to pick a quarterback has everything to do with Jimmy G as it does anything else. And what I mean by that is that if Jimmy Garoppolo... Let's just start off... Basics, basics. If Jimmy Garoppolo was a better quarterback 
I mean, I think he's actually a very good quarterback. I think I think more highly of him than most people do. But mostly, if he could stay healthy, if he was reliable in that sense, they wouldn't be in this position. They wouldn't be picking here. So that's number one. Number two is if we look at the two guys that we assume are in their top two. So that would be Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Let's take a look at what Mac Jones means on their opinion for Jimmy G because Garoppolo. Would I think prefer them to take Trey Lance? And and if he wants to stay in San Francisco, if he wants to stay in San Francisco, I think he would prefer them to take Trey Lance. If, obviously, if he, he wants to leave, that's a different conversation. But assuming that he'd like to stay in San Francisco at the moment, I think that there he would prefer them to tra- take Trey Lance, which means that when or if the Niners take Mac Jones, it's because Kyle Shanahan knows that he needs a quarterback that he can rely on to play, like, now. Jimmy Garoppolo can barely make it past December, September in his past three years as the Niners quarterback. The one year, obviously, they did. They made it to the Super Bowl. But you can't, like, put your money on and bank on the fact that he's going to be healthy if his track record has proven that about over 66, about two-thirds of the time, you're not going to be healthy for the season. Then what's the point in using you? So if Mac Jones gets drafted... I think that there's a possible, there's a greater chance Grapple gets traded this offseason because Mac Jones can play now. But the downside to picking Mac Jones, and there's a lot of it, but the, I think the biggest thing that would, it, it wouldn't necessarily be the biggest thing on the field, but I think looking back in 20 years, this might be the biggest thing that like Kyle Shanahan would regret. I think it would be that you, he would have chosen, if he does end up choosing Mac Jones, he would choose the quarterback with the lower ceiling. He'd choose the quarterback that, frankly, is not capable of being the elite style that we see today. Because if this is my issue with the Giants, and I'm a Giants fan, and, and, and I, I love the team and I love the organization, but I got fresher with them when they drafted Daniel Jones because of this reason. And I'm afraid this is going to happen to the Niners too. If you look at all of the elite quarterbacks now, Yes, you have Brady, and yes, you have Rodgers. Take them out because they are old and they are from a different generation. If we're going to look at the young quarterbacks now, you have the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murrays. You take those quarterbacks, none of them have the limited skill set that Mac Jones does. None of them do. They all have the ability to run, and they all, let's see, Deshaun Watson did go to Clemson, but um, Patrick Mahomes didn't go to a school with great protection, um, Josh Allen didn't go to a school with great protect- protection. Um, Kyler Murray, you argue, could, but it was not. It, it was not on the Clemson level. Mac Jones is coming from a college team. The one year that he started, arguably a very, very low-rated NFL team. Like, people were like, we should have the Jags play the Alabama this year and see who wins. And some people would have bet on Alabama. That's how good that college team was. So, all I'm saying is that he's coming from a place where he's been nurtured. And yes, he's played against NFL guys, but he's also played with NFL guys. That's another thing. Like People are like, oh, Mac Jones has played against NFL guys. Yeah, but he's also played with them. He also has the help of them getting open. And Alabama has much more NFL, has so many more NFL games guys on their team than like a Georgia does. Yes, there are still guys in that team who will play in the NFL, but not nearly as many as as, as um, Alabama. And what I'm afraid is that 
they're going to have this pocket passer that he's been nurtured. He hasn't had to run out of, um, he hasn't had to worry about getting hit all that much. And that's not where the league is headed. I think something that a lot of times people get caught up in is like, oh, we're trying to go old school. You can go old school, but you have to learn to adapt within that. Like the pocket passers, once Brady retires and then, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers can move. Honestly, Brady's like the last one in the league who's really, really good at what he does and is a pocket passer. And he's going to retire within the next four years or five years. And then, honestly, that era is kind of done. Because we're seeing a shift in the way that quarterbacks are valued and what their skill sets have to beat in order to be successful. And Mac Jones doesn't have that. Same way Daniel Jones doesn't really have that skill set, or at least hasn't proven to me that he has that skill set. Yes, he can run, he can do all those things, but it's not explosive. You need to be explosive. Um, and... Maybe, and I trust Kyle Shanahan, maybe he has a plan for him, but, and, and if I did trust one coach, it would be Kyle Shanahan to have a plan. So this is a thing, like, they could have a plan, but they have to have a rock-solid plan in order for this to work, and that plan and that, that preparation that they have for Mac Jones in order for him to be successful relies on so much. If their offensive line gets injured, that probably goes away because that's, like, the biggest factor in this, the fact that you need to have a really strong offensive line. If Trent Williams, their left tackle, gets injured, bye-bye. That that whole structure that Kyle Shanahan, I bet you, was thinking about goes away because Mac Jones has to stay in the pocket in order for him to be successful. His accuracy relies on him staying productive inside the pocket in order for that pocket to be clean and to be safe for Mac Jones as if they have a good offensive line. If that offensive line gets injured, like the 49ers have been getting injure, injuries after injuries this past year, that whole team was just, it gave up halfway through the scene because they were so injured. If that happens again this year, your season's done. You don't have someone like a Patrick Mahomes who is throwing for his life, and every time he throws, like in the Super Bowl, you think, oh, if the receiver would have just not woken up with literally like oil on their hands, like slipping everywhere, maybe they would have had some chance at a comeback. You will always be in it with guys who have elite traits who can run and escape the pocket and make something out of more. Mac Jones, all that we've seen from him, he can't do that. He can't save the game if the game doesn't work for him. And this is where I get into Trey Lance. If they take Lance... It's because they are planning for the future, and I mean like franchise future. Because I trust Kyle Shanahan, I trust John Lentz to develop players. And I would rather see, as a football fan, as someone who wants to see players succeed, who wants to, someone who wants to see a team succeed, regardless if I'm a fan for them or not, someone who just wants to see good football, I want to see Trey Lance go to the Niners because he has a higher ceiling, and with that coaching staff and with that organization, I... I can only imagine what that would do for the league. And it would take time. It would take years. But this again, this is the thing. If you want to keep Garoppolo, because it's not like he's a bad quarterback. He's not. If you want to keep him for another year or two, you give him time to have Trey Lance develop behind him. And then, you know, if his, his contract have, really has no burden after this year, if you let him go after this year and put Trey Lance, it's like the, it's literally written in the stars, which is why it's so frustrating that I feel like the Niners are going to take Mac Jones. Um, yeah. And, and there is something to say that, like, this pick is going to expose a lot about what Kyle Shannon thinks of himself. And what I mean by this is, like, let's say that he takes Mac Jones. It's because, it, it's because he, he he's insecure about the fact that he's been to two Super Bowls and has lost both of them. After having a lead, may I add. Um, 
it's insecure because everyone is like praising him as the best young coach in the league and without Garoppolo he can't win and so he's going to go back to the guy who is like the closest thing to Garoppolo in this draft because Mac Jones is a healthier or maybe he thinks of him as a younger healthier version of Garoppolo it's the safe pick it's the insecure pick if you are trying to make moves in this league, you have to be bold. And by being bold, you're going to take Trey Lance. And that's what I think is the best move. Because if Kyle Shanahan has confidence in himself that he can create, because he he is one of the most brilliant men in all of sports. And I know for a fact he would be able to create a system for any quarterback. Any quarterback who goes to him will be successful. And Take the one with the higher ceiling. Take the one that you can do more with. That's as simple as that. Take the one that you can do more with and you'll be successful. And I don't know if that's what they're going to do. We're going to find out in a few hours, but we will see. Okay, the next thing is I think is super interesting is if you move one pick back to the fourth pick, Atlanta's draft pick is so valuable. And I don't think this has really been talked about as much as it should be because about how valuable it is. Number one. They could not accept a trade, and they could not trade, and they could, and we could get a really boring show after the third pick. We could, because I think if Atlanta trades back, then it gets super interesting. Um, but if Atlanta decides to stay, they're probably going to take Kyle Pitts from out of Florida. But if they don't, and they decide to trade, and there have been reports coming out like, oh, it's like a really high asking price, so that might not be the case. Um, some teams may not be willing to trade with them. They might want to trade with, like, a Detroit, possibly Miami, Denver maybe after the Teddy Bridgewater thing. But let's say that, like, a team trades with Atlanta, which is completely possible and still on the table. Um, I guess it would be, like, a New England. This is maybe going to surprise some people, but it could be a Carolina. Um, Washington, Chicago. I don't know if this, some of those teams really have the draft capital move up, according to what we've been hearing that Atlanta's asking for. However, it could be any number of those teams. And I certainly believe that because we have a pretty good knowledge of what the first three picks are. Lawrence, Wilson, Jones. I mean, if if they do end up taking Trey Lance, that shakes it up at pick three. But that's not what the majority are thinking. That's not what has been being reported. Again, all speculation. But... The most consistent report that I've heard is Mac Jones. So that's what we're going to assume for right now is that Mac Jones is going to the Niners. Well, that leads Justin Fields, Trey Lance, two amazing quarterback prospects left on the board out of like the top five-ish. Atlanta should not draft a quarterback. There have been people who asked, oh, maybe they should draft a quarterback. No, they shouldn't because, number one, their entire – the only thing that works about this Atlanta team is the fact that they have a passing game. People are like, oh, Matt Ryan's old. What are you going to do if a quarterback goes to Atlanta and they have no defense to play with, no offensive line to play with, and Julio Jones, who is possibly going to be on the trading block this year or next year, and you only have Calvin Ridley, who's really like a number two receiver? I just don't understand – what drafting a quarterback would do because you can't get rid of Matt Ryan for another two years anyway. He'd be sitting on the bench and not doing anything. So no, they are not going to be drafting a quarterback with Atlanta. So they are either drafting Kyle Pitts or trading down. And my advice to them would be trade down because your needs are not at tight end. You have Hayden Hurst, who is a really, really productive tight end. You need to go get literally 
any person who will play a snap of defense because you don't have one right now. And if they do trade, if New England trades up, which kind of leads us into our next thing, and these two, I guess, are kind of connected about like what New England's going to do. If New England trades to the Atlanta pick, which, I mean, is kind of out of the question right now, but let's just say that they do. Is this like a rebirth of the Patriots dynasty? If Carolina trades down, which could happen, is there going to be a quarterback competition? Obviously, with Sam Darnold, is Sam Darnold going to be like, whoa, you guys just traded for me, and now you're drafting another quarterback? If Denver trades down, are we having a three-way quarterback competition? If Washington trades down, is Fitzpatrick going to be in another Miami situation where a rookie comes in, and then they're competing for the same job in, like, in the middle of the season? And it would be like the same situation if Washington traded down. They're like playoff contenders. They were in the playoffs last year. The whole team sitting there, is it, is it literally uh, uh, like recycling last year for Fitzpatrick and bringing it to Washington with him? If Chicago comes, what happens with Andy Dalton? Does he become the backup again? Or does he mentor him? There's a whole number of, of possibilities that could happen throughout the league if Atlanta trades this pick to one of those teams because those are the teams that I believe would have the most interest and the most reason to want to trade. And it has so much influence because let's say they take Lance. Maybe a team, maybe let's say Denver was in, was not interested in Justin Fields. Let's say like, let's say, here's a situation. If Denver is comfortable where they are, if they're like, you know what, we're going to wait and see if quarterback falls to us, but it has to be the one quarterback that we like. It, let's say that they're interested in Trey Lance. If they're interested in Trey Lance and not Justin Fields, and they're comfortable sitting back at nine and waiting for him to come to them if he does, and they're comfortable possibly having a three-way quarterback competition. What if New England trades up and then they take Trey Lance? That leaves Justin Fields on the board. Now, Justin Fields then won't be selected by Denver because Denver doesn't want them. And let's say Carolina doesn't want Fields. Now, this is probably not accurate. I'm sure Fields has interest from all of these teams. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, that this doesn't happen. Field, does he then? Does does he drop then? Does he drop much farther because New England's got their quarterback? After that, Miami is not looking for a quarterback. Cincinnati's not looking for a quarterback. Detroit is not looking for a quarterback. If Carolina and Denver aren't interested in him. Dallas, no. Giants, no. Philly, no. After that, I believe it's the Chargers. Definitely not. Vikings, no. Then you come and you have the New England Patriots, and then you're already at pick 15 and Justin Fields isn't off the board. So this is where the role either there's the teams that were like, we're confident that someone's going to fall because there will be one player that falls. There will be one player that falls. This is where those teams get lucky because that Atlanta trade happened and someone stole the quarterback that everyone else wanted. And then this other quarterback gets left behind. And it's just for the sake of argument, this is Justin Fields at this point. And it's like an Aaron Rodgers moment. There's no one left to select him. Everyone else, like all the quarterback-hungry teams, have either found no interest in him or they solved it in the past 24 hours, i.e. Denver. 
So this Atlanta pick carries a lot of weight. A lot of weight. And that also puts a tough situation for Cincinnati. Because if Atlanta does trade with somebody, Kyle Pitts is still on the board. Unless they're trading for Kyle Pitts. But I don't think Atlanta would give it to a team that's going to take the person they would take. If they could keep the pick. They would give it to someone who wants a quarterback and who's offering a buttload of picks and, 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 and players and good players. It is not a, a cheap asking price for that pick. What happens if Kyle Pitts is still left on the board after four? Now you have like three options that Cincinnati has to deal with. Do you take Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, or Panay Sewell? Which one? Because Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase are going to give you... Um, they're going to give you touchdowns. They're going to give you yards, but... Panay Sewell's going to give your quarterback who just underwent one of the most gruesome injuries that we can remember, obviously not including Alex Smith, but one of the worst injuries in his rookie year after playing nine games. And you're not going to protect him. It's a tough situation that you put Cincinnati in. And it gets super interesting after that because I want it. I mean, as someone who's watching it and wants drama... I want Atlanta to trade that pick because they don't. They also, they also just don't need a tight end. Like I don't know. At the end of the day, like they're gonna, they're gonna mess it up somehow. I feel like they're kind of like Detroit, Atlanta, these teams that are kind of sometimes they have really good years. But that's like once in like a blue moon, and it's like happens for one year, and then it's inconsistent again. They don't understand that. Taking the best player off the board isn't always the best option. Like. It's, it's not always gr- the greatest thing. Like The perfect example of this was last year at pick 17 when Jerry Jones and the Cowboys were like, yeah, we're going to pick, we're going to, we're going to pick CeeDee Lamb right now, even though we probably should take a corner or a safety and help us in the back end, maybe even a pass rusher, even though we should probably take that, we're still going to take a wide receiver and add him to our strongest part of our entire team. We're just going to make that team, that, that part of our team so much stronger. And They had a fine year, but Dak got injured, and the defense couldn't step up and help. And CeeDee Lamb was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't as good as Justin Jefferson by any means. He was fine. But he was not at all worth taking over um, whatever corner they would have taken. Not at all. So, I think it's going to be super interesting Um, and let's talk New England now, like specifically New England, because they're one of the more fascinating teams because usually we're like, usually usually they're the way back into the first round and we don't really, you know, discuss a lot because there usually wasn't a lot to discuss. Usually they were pretty good and, and, and calm and, and, you know, I was listening to Colin Coward today and I agreed with him on this and it was, it was like the Packers are kind of in the same situation that the Patriots were in for like two decades, which is like. There aren't a ton of holes to fix. It's just little things here and there that you need to fix, and you can do that whenever you kind of want throughout the draft. You're, draft. You're in a real place of liberty and freedom with who you select, and that's what the Patriots have dealt with the past 20 years, and then all of a sudden they actually have holes on their team that they need to address in the most important position. Um, a report came out today saying that there were, you know, f- 
a lot of stuff came out with New England, but one of them was like they were finalizing or working on a way to pay for Jimmy Garoppolo's contract if he's going to be traded back to New England. And that's fine. Um, they'll be able to win with Garoppolo. They wouldn't be able to succeed necessarily as much as I think that they would if they drafted a Justin Fields, who I believe is the quarterback that they have their eye on. Him or Trey Lance, because I think most everyone assumes Lance is not going to the Niners. So, New England is going to be a team to watch, not only because of the whole quarterback situation and, and all that and all that stuff. You want to watch them because of Bill Belichick. Because ever this in literally the entire past year, ever since Brady left, everyone's like, Oh, this is so this is not what the Patriots do. But then you like look at it and you're like, Oh yeah, Tom Brady's gone. Like he was what the Patriots did. Like he was a big part of that system because you can have all of these great guys but if the most important player in your field isn't there anymore after he's been there for two decades and that system was established you're gonna have bumpy roads you're gonna have a rough patch and that's what they're going through right now and so the super interesting thing is how does Bill Belichick want to play this does he want to play it where he's getting bold similar the two smartest coaches in the entire league Kyle Shanahan Bill Belichick they are both very similar in the way that you can read them Obviously, there's an age difference, there's a maturity difference, there's an experience difference. So that's where you kind of differentiate the two. But you can both ev- you can evaluate the two of them in very similar ways, looking at what they believe to be their insecurities. Now, this is where the maturity aspect comes in. Kyle Shanahan may look at his insecurities and be like, I want to solve this in a more a, um, impulsive way, in a way that maybe isn't as thought through. Bill Belichick approaching 70 years of age or is something around there around 70 years of age might handle it a little bit differently and he's going to take his time he's going to be particular he's going to be specific with what he wants but because he does address it and he does know that he has insecurities but he knows how to address them and Kyle Shanahan may not get to that level he might draft Mac Jones and that might be the wrong decision and you might go back to just trying to put a band-aid over the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't healthy. But Bill Belichick, if he gets Jimmy Garoppolo, that was his guy. Brady wasn't his guy the last three years that Brady was in New England. He was not his guy. Bill Belichick wanted Garoppolo. And if Bill Belichick likes a quarterback that he sees in this draft, he's going to draft him and that's going to be his guy. He knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly what he wants. He is the most crafty, the smartest, the most unpredictable, frankly, GM slash coach that we have in this entire league. And so what New England does says a lot about what Bill Belichick is right now. Is he willing to take that risk and go for that young quarterback and develop him and set up a future for this franchise? Or is he willing to go back to his guy who would be the safer pick? Jimmy Garoppolo is safe for whoever lands with him. That's what is happening. But there's actually kind of some breaking news right now. Um, Earlier today, we discussed, or there was reports coming out that certain teams were interested in maybe possibly trading for Aaron Rodgers. Um, And the most insane thing about this whole thing is the fact that the Packers took the calls. Like, I mean, I'm about to read an article, but 
Adam Schefter reported today from ESPN. He reported on Twitter. Hold on. This thing will not load. Um, Rating MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he's told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. League and team sources told ESPN on Thursday. Wow. Um, We all kind of had a sense that Aaron Rodgers was getting to his end of his time in Green Bay. But my initial reaction to this is like, he should be mad. Because I'm not even convinced that if they won the Super Bowl this year, Aaron Rodgers' job would be completely safe. I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I, 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 I really don't get it. He is the reigning MVP of the entire league. 48 freaking touchdowns last year. And you are taking calls. You are taking calls. There are two quarterbacks in this league that you do not take calls for. Three, actually. There are three. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. And this very moment, you do not take calls for any of those players. You just don't. You just don't. The fact that Green Bay took those calls and were discussing with the Niners about trading for Rodgers is so beyond ridiculous. And just I'm just thinking, like, who would the Packers... Jordan Love is not ready to play. He couldn't even win the backup job. He is not ready to play. And to follow two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, not at all. And not in Green Bay. Like, Aaron Rodgers has every right to be upset with the Packers. All right, let's see what this report says. Um, some of this says that, like, they the Rams had asked before they um, made the stuff with Stafford. Um, they quickly dismissed the Rams. They obviously did not do anything with the Niners. Um, and that they are offering to extend Rodgers' contract. However, quote, Rodgers is unhappy for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, and then, obviously, some of that dates back to last year's draft when they drafted Jordan Love. And... This leads us to tonight's draft, as it should, because tonight's the draft. Um, if the Packers don't get a weapon tonight... I don't see how they're them in their right mind could think that's acceptable. I I just don't see how that they think that's accept that. It's it's like it's like the the Packers have had everything go their way for about the past thirty years. They've had a great quarterback. They've had a stable quarterback. That hasn't been their issue. Like that doesn't happen. You don't go back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks without any rough patch, and that's what they did. They're, they got too spoiled, and they're taking for granted what it feels like to have to have a struggle, to have to struggle to find a guy who's going to lead your team. And so I think that they believe, like, oh, we can do whatever we want. Like, he's going to stay. Like, we we haven't had to deal with this issue of quarterback in forever. Like, they don't know how it feels. And so they don't know the danger of it. And this is dangerous territory. He's not going to want to play. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get messy. The locker room's going to get messy. You just went back-to-back NFC championships, lost both of them, because you didn't have enough weapons and because you didn't have a corner. Why aren't you capitalizing on this? Why is it even an issue? Like, 
come out right and say, like, don't call us because we're not picking them up. We're not picking up the phone if you're going to call us about Aaron Rodgers. It's not happening. I, I'm, I mean, there will be more on this tonight. There'll be more on this in the coming days, but Aaron Rodgers has every right to be upset. The reigning MVP, um... Shouldn't have to worry about being traded from his team after he led them to back-to-back NFC championships. It just shouldn't. It shouldn't be um, an issue at all. Okay, that's it for the football buzz. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.